Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. There are few things that uh, I enjoy more than this special season of life. My light stain on the podium would be one. But I will tell you, uh, the singing this morning has just really been refreshing. And uh, my thanks to the worship team for uh, doing such a spectacular job, as they always do in leading us. So thank you to them. I began working on this Easter message. I said Easter, didn't I? Okay, you're with me. That's good. Wrong sermon. Let me get the right one out. You know, if you've been a minister long enough, you do just about anything in the pulpit, don't you, Todd? Eventually. I began working on this uh, Christmas sermon by, uh, by first wondering what fresh insights... I could glean from the Christmas story. You know, it's amazing how many different insights one can get from the simple Christmas story. I soon settled on this thought. The Christmas story is a story of everyone's plans getting changed. In fact, nobody's life turned out the way they thought it was going to turn out. I don't know if you can relate to that as you look back on this past year. But isn't God wise to not let us see too far into the future? I was then in turn reminded of this gem of a proverb that so rings true in the Christmas story. It's found in Proverbs 16, verse 9, and it says... The human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. Wow, the plans of men are often altered, more than not, by the Lord who directs his steps. You know, have you ever had one of those days where you thought, wow, could anything else go off plan today? And you maybe even thought, wow, I probably shouldn't have even gotten out of bed this morning. I love that video that talks about the chaos of the Christmas season and how we so miss the simplicity of what it's all about. Have you ever had not just a day but a week like that? 
You know, judging from some of your faces, I, I see people who look like they've had a, a month like that. And uh, wow, even a few of you look like it's been a pretty rough year. I don't know if you've ever thought about this as you enter 2019, but can you believe we're almost into a new decade? One more year and we're into a new decade. You know, Time Magazine called the last decade the decade from hell. I can't wait to see what they call this one. They might have wanted to save that one. You know, this morning we're going to take a look at what to do when things go off plan. And your plans are literally blown apart. And I've entitled the message, When God Messes Up Your Plans. A fresh look at the Christmas story. You know, some of you might be surprised to know that's one of the messages that the Christmas story tells us. But let me take a few minutes here and and try to really convince you that this is truly one of the cardinal messages, I believe, of the Christmas story. Think about the people that were there And how that birth of that infant child literally changed their whole world. Mary and Joseph, wow, they certainly had their plans changed. Man, they were just in the most special time of life. A a young couple who were recently engaged. You remember those days if you've been there. All the excitement building. They simply just wanted to, like most young couples, look forward to a nice wedding, settle down, have a home, enjoy the peace and quiet before the children came. Man, early on in that engagement, an angel comes along and says... By the way, God has a new plan for you. And Mary, there are three parts to this plan. Don't get upset about it, but there are three parts and, well, it's kind of big. First, don't get upset, but you're going to get pregnant before the wedding, and it's not going to be Joseph. There's another twist, and wow, this one's never been done before, and it's never going to happen again. By a miracle, it's going to be a virgin birth. Wrap your minds around this. And one last thing, uh, you might want to sit down for this one, Mary. Well, the child you're going to be carrying, well, it's going to be God. 
what can I say? God sure complicated their plans. Then there's King Herod. You remember King Herod? Understand, Alan preached a sermon in the north not too long ago about good old King Herod. God so messed up the plans of King Herod at the nativity. Herod was the king of Judah, been appointed by the Roman emperor, and in spite of all that, he was incredibly insecure about his kingship. So insecure that he had a nasty little habit of killing anybody who he deemed as a threat. Kind of a bad habit, yeah, including his wife, his mother-in-law. No comments there, please. He even killed the high priest. He, he actually drowned him in a pool party. He killed three of his sons. Herod was really paralyzed in his latter years and paranoid about being overthrown. What about the nativity? Well, when Herod heard that the king of the Jews had been born in Bethlehem, the king of the Jews, he actually goes berserk. And he orders the slaughter of the innocent, as history records it, and has every child under a certain age in Bethlehem, male child, put to death with the sword. Most people don't realize this, but within just months, not years, but within months of Jesus being born, Herod would be dead. Herod would die one of the most terrible deaths. If you want to go back and read about it, I don't even want to try to describe what happened here in the pulpit. But I'm telling you, God sure did nuke Herod's plans for hanging on to the throne of Israel. And then I think about the religious leaders. Man, you got you to gotta feel a little bit for the religious leaders of the day. Boy, they had their plans messed up by Christmas, something good. They'd actually been praying for a Messiah, but they were actually praying that God would send someone who would remove the scourge of Rome. Rome that was going to stick around for 500 years in Israel. You think some of your relatives overstay Christmas. They were just praying, Lord, send us a, a, a warrior king. Send us that Messiah like David who will drive out the Romans. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up totally out of character in a manger. And as he grows up, he's saying things like, love your enemy. Do good to those who despise you. Pray for those who persecute you. Return good for evil. Love your neighbor as yourself. This was not their plan. This was not the plan of the Messiah that they had been praying for. God 
sure, confused their plan. And then I think of the shepherds. Man, if we don't relate to anybody else whose plans got changed by Christmas, you're going to relate to the shepherds. You see, the shepherds, man, even their plans got messed up by Christmas. They were simply looking forward to another night quietly tending sheep. Man, does that sound a little bit like you? Well, man, I've worked hard all day. I just want to come home, be left alone. I don't want anybody texting me. I don't want anybody calling me. Certainly not over the holidays. I hope something good is on TV tonight. I just want a quiet night. Man, even the shepherds got their plants messed up that night. Relaxing under the Bethlehem sky, throwing another log on the fire, calm and quiet, just taking it easy. And all of a sudden, the sky lights up. And they're told to get up and go into Bethlehem where they will find the Christ child. Their simple plans on that simple night were transformed that night. And then you even have the Magi. You say, well, how were the Magi's plans affected by the Christmas story? Well, we know that they came from the Far East to worship the Christ child. When asked where he would be, they're told to follow the star, and they, they were told and warned in a dream after they had worshipped him not to go back the same way they came. In fact, they said it would be dangerous to do that, alter your plans. Well, that's not the most direct route. Well, it doesn't matter. God changed their plans. And God redirected their plans. And the rest, as you know, is history. I could go on. I just want you to think for a moment about how God really messed up a lot of people's plans at the Christmas story. And you know what? He's still doing it today. He's still doing it today. You know, there's a lot of lessons we could learn from this. But let me give you just two brief thoughts here about what we can learn from this aspect of the Christmas story. The first practical is when God messes up your plans, he's trying to get you to listen. You know what? That's not so easy. I'm learning. Because we're not very good listeners, especially when it comes to listening to God. In fact, most of us, can I just be really bold here for a moment? Most of us are really pretty poor listeners when it comes to listening 
to God. Instead of listening to God, you know what we're doing? Man, we're just talking all the time. I don't know if it's just me or if you've noticed this too, but as people age, they just talk all the time. I think that's why texting is so in vogue now is because you you see the caller ID and you think, do I really want to give up 35, 40 minutes here? I mean, maybe it's just me, but I'm noticing we're just talking now all the time. And when we're not talking, guess what we're doing? We're listening to music or we're watching TV or Netflix or if we're not doing any of those things, guess what we're doing? We're, we're texting because we want to still have relationships. And if we're not texting, we're doing maybe something on Facebook or we're simply doing something else. Most of the time when God wants to get through to us, he would tell us he gets a busy signal. I wonder if that's the dominant sound God has heard in our lives in 2018. Too busy. Doing something else. In fact, when it comes to listening to God, I'm just going to say it. Many of us have spiritual ADD. Contrast that with what Isaiah 50 says in verse 4. This is a gem of a passage. It says this. This is what Isaiah said about his life. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Man, there's a lot of weary people in this world. There's a lot of weary people in our fellowship, in our house church. And Isaiah says, the sovereign Lord has actually given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary I remember a day and age when we would use the Bible a lot. We would be in the fellowship and the Bibles would be out. Now we don't even bring our Bibles to church. Oh, no, we do. They're on our phones. But we get our phones out for everything other than to instruct with the Bible. And I'm just saying, he goes on and he says, He walks, he wakes me, he wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. As you look back on 2018, as you look back on this year rapidly drawing to a close, how good have we been at listening, listening morning by morning? to the instruction from the Lord. We rarely just sit down, turn everything off, 
and ask, God, is there anything you want to say to me right now? I mean, when was the last time you sat down at first wake in the morning, not even hard to do these days while it's still dark? Remember the Bible says Jesus went out while it was still dark and prayed? Wow, daylight savings even makes that less committal for us. We, we don't have to get up that early. It's still dark at 6 o'clock, 6.30, 7. I'm just saying, when was the last time we really prayed before we even had a quiet time and said, God, let me just listen. Speak to me. What do you want me to hear? And Mary... Mary is such a great example of someone who listened to God. You know, we don't do that. God can't get through many times. And he's saying, I don't want you to have a broken heart. I don't want you to have a broken body. I don't want you to have a broken marriage. I don't want you to have broken relationships. I don't want you to have broken dreams. When God messes up your world, messes up your plans, what he's really saying is, I'm trying to get you to listen. Someone once said, God whispers encouragements to us. But he shouts to us with pain. Hopefully, we hear God before he's shouting. If you need to make one decision from this message today and as you end this year in 2019, it's simply the decision morning by morning, listen like one being instructed with the very words that sustain the weary. God shares his frustrations in Psalm 81 verse 13 when he says, if only my people would listen to me, if only Israel would follow me. Which brings us to my second and last point of what we can learn when God messes up our plans too. Because I believe the second lesson that we can learn from those at the Christmas story with messed up plans is that when God messes up your plans, he's really saying, I've got a better plan. I've got a better plan. Imagine how this whole Christmas thing tested Joseph's faith. Your your fiancé comes to you and says, honey, I'm pregnant. And you know what? It wasn't you. Which, by the way, Joseph already knew. 
You're saying if you're Joseph, well, it was God, right? Yeah, sure you are. Imagine the test of faith for Joseph to be told that that by his fiancée. For Joseph and Mary, all they could do at this point was trust God. Sometimes you don't know God is all you need until God is all you got. And I think that's exactly where Mary and Joseph were at that moment in their engagement. In that moment, you have to learn to trust. You have to learn to trust that this is a test and that God has a better plan. Oh, it may not be your plan. I love Isaiah 55, one of my favorite passages that I often need to remind myself of. In Isaiah 55 and verse 8, it says simply, God says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So many times, I find myself thinking, well, I wouldn't do it that way. Or, that doesn't make any sense. Or, explain that to me. And, and we get on this equal plane in our ego with God, and, and we think, well, this is how this is going to happen. And it doesn't happen anything like that, and God totally messes up our plans, and then we look and say, oh, oh, yeah, God really does work good in all things. For those who are called according to his purpose. I never would have thought, as I've shared several times before, that my wife's parents would become disciples of Jesus at 84 years of age. We had it all planned out. Very early on in our Christian walk, we proclaimed the whole will of God to them. We were about a year old in Christ. That didn't go real well. And we spent the next 35 years letting God work his plan because he had messed up our plans. And we didn't really need him to mess it up. We kind of messed it up really well ourselves. Think about this. Mary and Joseph... Man, they just wanted to settle down, have babies, and enjoy as good of a life as the times would have allowed under Roman oppression. But God said no. No, that's not the plan. I'm going to use you as a couple to bless the entire world. You see, God's plan for their life was a whole lot bigger, way, way more rewarding than they ever, ever would have imagined. I'm also convinced that God's plan for your life, if you'll listen, 
is a whole lot bigger and a whole lot more rewarding than anything you can imagine even next year if you'll simply turn off the TV and put down the phone and stay off of Facebook so much and just listen, God, what do you have to say to me today? But I will, full disclosure, tell you this as well. Even though God's plan for 2019 for your life is going to be a whole lot more exciting, a whole lot more rewarding, and a much better plan than anything you're imagining right now, full disclosure, it's probably going to be a little harder too. But you know, I think you already knew that. Sometimes when you go with God's plan over your plan, it's more difficult, and it's even at times painful. When you think about God's plan to use Mary to bless the whole world, it was anything but an easy plan. It certainly wasn't easy for Mary and Joseph to face nine months of constant criticism, gossip, and slander. And don't you know it. No doubt, they were the butt of constant gossip in Nazareth. She was a virgin and pregnant in Nazareth in 3 AD. We're not talking 2018 America. We're talking Israel 3 AD. Let that sink in. And then, right before she's to give birth, Caesar decides he wants to look at the stats. The good old stats. We need better stats so we can collect more money and make sure our weekly contribution is hitting. And so he decides to do this census. What great timing, right? How about a Dr. Wander? Would you recommend someone take a journey on a donkey for tens and tens of miles, nine months pregnant? Not really. I don't know, maybe some women in here who've given birth have some convictions about how easy that would have been. I'm just telling you, you know, the bottom line is it may be bigger, it may be more rewarding, but it certainly will be more difficult. But know this too. When God messes up your plans, he's really saying, if you'll listen, I've got a better plan. I've got a better plan. I hope you'll think about these thoughts today. And as you really use this next week to spiritually get in the zone for a new beginning and a new start with a new year.
I love the Christmas seasons because it's such a time to remind us of new birth, new life, new hope, and new beginnings. I close with this. It was a few days before Christmas. A young boy and his mother are praying upstairs at the end of the day as the mother tucks her young child in. Downstairs in the living room, dad and the grandparents are enjoying getting ready for Christmas to begin. The little boy and his mom pray by the side of his bed, and I love to hear my grandchildren pray. He's praying, thanking God for the ceiling fan, thanking God for the food they ate that night, and he's praying in his innocent little child voice, and then all of a sudden as he's about to wrap the prayer up, he raises his little voice and he says, and God, I sure hope you bring me that new bicycle. Well, his mother, startled, says, Johnny, you don't, you don't need to shout. God's not deaf. The little boy looks up and he says, yeah, I know that, Mom, but Grandpa is. <laughs> you know, sometimes that little child is a lot like us. We want to believe and we want to trust, but it's always good to have a backup plan. And that's where the grandparents come in, right? God, no doubt, messed up some plans in 2018. No doubt there were things in your life that didn't go exactly as you wanted them to, and even now you're wondering, what happened? I mean, what happened this week to the stock market, right? No one saw that coming, right? We're just going to be on a bull run forever, right? What happened? Right before Christmas? Man, I think God just loves to mess up the finances of the world to say, that's not where it's at, folks. That's not where your security lies. I'm convinced. Yeah, 2018, probably one of the best things we many of us could say about it is, well, it's almost 2019. I want you to ask yourself, what is God saying to us through this Christmas message this morning. Maybe an unconventional Christmas message, but a message nevertheless that is right there for all to see in the scriptures. If we'll simply listen and ask God, what do you want me to hear? Your servant is ready. May it be done 
according to your will. Think about that as we meditate on what God is saying to us this morning through this Christmas message. Let's bow and pray as we prepare to break the bread and enjoy communion.